Hello, today is Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. How are we today? Kia Sim. What? Uh, I was going to say what brings you here, but I guess it's me asking you to come mm-hmm. on every single Thursday. Business as usual. Business as usual. It's just strictly business, no friendship. Maya and I went away to a wedding last week and we got to be the MCs for our friend's wedding. And I have to say, not that anyone asked, but I think we killed it. Oh, we killed it. Like you and me, we were like, yeah, we literally podcast for a living now. Like this this is our professional job to banter off each other. But it was so hard, guys, because <laughs> you see, the thing is. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> The thing is, when you're an MC, you have to find the right, it's a hard job. You have to find the right balance between how much do we roast the crap mm-hmm. out of our friend mm-hmm. and how much do we hold back and say sweet, beautiful things because this is one of the most important days of their lives. And we were like, do we want them to remember all the roasts or do we want them to be like, yeah, my ensign was so nice? We went for wholesome, which I think is a really good idea because. Sim and I, our humor is very similar. So we can banter and we can roast each other without feeling a type of way and it be funny. But we just weren't sure, you know, when you you roast your friends, but you don't know if that's okay to say in front of their grandparents or their parents. And we didn't want our friends' families to think that That we we hated hated our friends. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, why are they saying mean things? So It is terrible. We had to, guys, this is just between you and I, and no one else can know this. Mm -hmm. Maya and I sat down and got the roast out of our system before the wedding. We just said every funny thing we could think of that was possibly controversial. Every single thing, and we were in tears. So we did this when we were organizing our script, and then we did it a little bit more on the drive there and we did share some glances during the whole shebang but we were so well behaved during moments when Maya just looked at me and I just knew she was like this I could say something right now and it was like don't hold it in but no I think we did amazingly the wedding went well but Maya what I really want to know is tell us an update on your car because last week when we spoke things were falling apart and I actually you actually have not told me so what happened to your engine light? You were driving the car with it on for like a month. Mm -hmm. Does your car still exist? Yes, it does. And thank you for that segue, Sim. It does still exist. And so I booked it in for a service. My Tani and my partner, because he does the mechanic-y thingies. The mechanic-y thingies? Yes. He's my tech man and he's my mechanic. Like Anyone could be your tech man, though. (laughs) He's free. (laughs) And he has patience for me. Anyway, so he was going to drop it off at the mechanic and he was about five minutes, maybe a minute away from the house. And he calls me and he says, the engine light's not on anymore. And I was like, no way. Of course, this would happen to me. It's been on for over a month. And then I was like, wait, what's the engine light? (laughs) And he just hangs up. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> he just hangs up. He's back within a minute and he's like, come outside. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he goes, show me what the engine light is. And so I thought the engine light was my cruise control light. 
I'm not. I'm not kidding. My, it, it looks was, like an engine, though. What's <laughs> like, what does cruise control look like? It's um circle, and it has kind of like a little path, and it's white, but the engine light is red, which makes sense. Oh, okay. You know what? I just googled what the cruise control light looks like, and it actually just looks like like the speed, mm. bit speed odometer thing. Yeah, that looks like an engine to me. Yeah, and it's in primary location right there. But I'm really glad to report that I wasn't ruining my car or putting myself in safety. I just didn't know what an engine light was. For those that are listening and wondering if we should ever listen to anything Maya has to say again, I have to say this is a one-off. This is not usual. Just for techy things and for mechanic things, I'm not your girl. But for chatting about discourse around starting a business, you are our girl. And that is why you are here. Exactly. So let's get into it. And so today we're talking about productivity apps that helped you run a seven-figure business. That is correct. I just find that... From when I started Girls That Invest or like any of the companies I've had before to now, there's obviously been a lot of trial and error. In my mind, I like to do business simply. I like to do business in a way that does not involve too many processes, too many systems. I like to just cut the crap. I'm like, if I need to get from A to B, what's the quickest, fastest, easiest, and prettiest way to get there? And so I'm really excited to share what apps have worked for me, we can skip past the ones that haven't. And they've just made my life so much simpler and have gotten me to focus on the things that matter more rather than like all the little nitty gritty things. I'd like to focus on what's the next product, what's the next mission, what's the next range rather than, you know, how do I learn how to use Photoshop to make an Instagram post? Mm. And I'm really excited for this because as someone who is juggling a lot of things like a lot of other people finding the quickest and easiest way to do something especially in business where you can have really trialing times and hard times love it so what are the apps and how have they improved your productivity in your business oh okay this is great I'm gonna start sharing them in order of ease and like use of them to Mm -hmm. the more harder, maybe more expensive ones. And the first one is Canva. Canva is something that I have been using since 2016, I want to say. So it's really, yeah, it's been a while. I use Canva from when it's like literally began. And so I've loved it. I should have bought Canva shares. I should have been a pre-seed investor. I've loved it. And for me, it was so easy because I could do it on my phone. And so a lot of people know that you can do Canva on your laptop. There's all these features. But for those that maybe don't know what Canva is, it's basically like a drag and drop website. It's kind of like paint back in the day, a drag and drop website where you can create beautiful pamphlets, posters, you can create presentations. But more importantly for my business, it helped me create all of my social media content, like all of it. And so on Canva, I would get like a square and I would put like a colored background and I would make tweets on Twitter, Mm -hmm. funnily enough, and then screenshot them and then copy them onto Canva and just kind of make them pretty, like change the colored background or add different patterns on the back. 
And then I would post that onto Instagram. And that was one of the fastest ways that I was growing my social media because it was just so simple to like share a bit of news or send a hot take or like, this is what I think about X, Y, Z. And a lot of people think that you have to do this on your laptop. If you have like two or three Canva templates that you design, then you can do this on your phone. I used to joke around with Sonia and say that I would make posts for girls that invest like during my toilet breaks. <laughs> you did though. I would. Like I would see you waiting for your next patient and just like quickly doing a little something, your 10 minute break, just uploaded something. Yes. Maya and I used to work together in the same workplace. So girls that invest would have posts during the workday. And I'm sure all my colleagues were like, but she's here. She's got a minute. <laughs> it only takes a minute. If you think about it, if you have a template, you just how long does it take you to take a screenshot, upload it onto Canva, change the colored background, download it and then upload it onto Instagram? That is a at most five minute process. Mm. And so do you you just keep the template and would you make a like just copy that and then type in your new message or would you delete it and then do a new one? No, I would just copy it. I would just use the exact same one. And so this might sound a little bit confusing, but the idea is that Canva is very easy to use on your phone. Mm -hmm. And so if, let's say, I saw a piece of news or something really important in our community for my brand that like was like breaking news, I could then, because I've always got my phone on me, be one of the first accounts or brands to like break some of these news pieces. And sometimes we would get there faster than like other news sources. And so that was really cool. And it was because we had something so easy to use. Canva has a free option and a paid option. And it only wasn't until last year that I went for the paid option. It was so easy for me. I even used to do a lot of social media content for other brands. Like for a while I did She's on the Money's Instagram account. I did a couple of other like money accounts and would make their posts for them. And so I would just use Canva, create templates for them, get their brand colors, and it was so simple. Now I even use Canva for workshops that I do. I'll use Canva for the presentation. Mm. If I wanna create a pitch deck to get a company to sponsor us, I use Canva to like drag and drop something. I at one point considered using Canva for a book cover, which I'm glad that we went for a professional book cover artist instead I remember I showed Same. Maya some <laughs> some of my ideas and she was like um these are cute these are drafts right these are drafts right <laughs> They're drafts yeah yeah 100 percent. and so you don't even need to pay for Canva I used the free version and it worked perfectly fine for me for a long time it was only when I started working on other brands and needed like to save certain brand colors or brand fonts, that's when I went for the paid version. Oh, okay. So if you were just using it for your business, you'd still probably be on the free one. A hundred percent. And it's like, is it 14, 15 New Zealand dollars? Do you know what? I know that it's less than $20 a month. I love Canva. I use it for everything. My PowerPoints, my CVs, cover letters, uni assignments. It's so easy, user-friendly has so many pretty graphics. It's just everything. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now, the next app that I found really helpful, and this was one of the first apps that I downloaded when I started with Girls That Investors, it's really hard as a business owner to manage your time well. And it's really hard to not get bogged down, especially if you're neurodivergent, especially if you have neurodivergent tendencies 
to be able to sit and focus and do one thing, everyone's like, time block. And I'm like, stop saying that to me. It doesn't work. It's just a concept. Yeah. <laughs> it floats in the air. No one time blocks and does it properly. Everyone thinks they're time blocking and they find me someone that time blocks. Honestly, I think you are crazy if you can just like sit down, follow your list in order, do your time blocking, meet the time requirements. No, it's not happening. Mm-mm. It's just, it's a myth. Time block and like the Loch Ness monster are like in the same category for me. In saying that, I have this app that when I first started working for myself or when I would do the work for myself, you know, outside of my nine to five, I downloaded an app called Flow. So it's F-L-O-W and I used it on my laptop. I have a MacBook, but I'm sure there is a PC version. And what it would do is it would follow the method of letting you work for 20 minutes straight and then after 20 minutes it would tell you to take a five minute break and your whole screen would go blank and it would say five minutes or like 10 minutes and the idea behind it is that studies show we only really work productively for 20 minutes like anything after that you're not really being your most productive self and I feel like Maya is like secretly nodding her head even though she's looking at me blankly right now I'm sure you feel the same way like after 20 minutes you're done a hundred percent like I am easily distracted as well so if I see something literally I am in the middle of doing something I'm in the middle of like writing a presentation or finishing an assignment and even like this is going to sound so bad today I was doing a quiz because I'm still studying as you can tell and because the quiz wasn't timed I saw another to do that was like literally would take me a minute and I stopped doing my quiz went off and did that thing and then came back like I am so <laughs> bad <laughs> doing that I mean got my quiz done it's all good but I would like more structure and just kind of like formality structure and formality are good things in your work and so what I found really helpful with this is it's free it's not an mm-hmm. app that you need to spend a lot of money on and it just gets you into the mindset of getting like a burst of energy, doing your work, and then forcing yourself to actually get up, walk away from your laptop, take a break. I think for a lot of us, especially when you're first-time founders or you're at the beginning of your journey, you can get really bogged down and you can get into a bit of a hustle culture mindset, mm-hmm. if I can say so myself. Yes, you can. Okay, no need to rub it in. <laughs> She's recovered now, so. I would say recovering. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the second most helpful productivity app. And so far they're all free. So as you can tell, this is working out quite well. The third app that has really helped me scale myself into a seven-figure business is Notion. Do you know what Notion is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. So Notion is a app that you could almost you could almost call it like an organizational app. It can be on your phone, but Mm -hmm. most people use it on their desktop. Mm -hmm. And what it can do is it it starts off or it comes off as like a blank page. So for most people, it can seem quite confusing slash overwhelming slash useless. It's like, okay, do you want me to just make extra pages? And what do I do with that? The way it works is it's made for, you know, the kids that love structure and organization and putting everything of their life into like categories. Mm-hmm. Notion is for like those kids. It's like the you and youth kids from high school. Ah, uh, yeah. So what you can do is you can have different folders on your Notion 
And when you click on a folder, you can have different pages and each page can have a certain template. And so you can have lists, you can have things that drag and drop. And the idea behind it is I like to use it to structure my week in terms of tasks to do because I used to have a million things on my to-do list and I would for a very long time write everything down on like one little this is what I need to achieve and it would get quite overwhelming because the to-do list would never end Mm. and I'd be like okay this week I need to do xyz and more things would get added even things that got finished would then not matter because I'd have two more things to do so I used Notion to create like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday almost like calendar Mm -hmm. and then under each day I would put in the task I needed to do on that day as opposed to a to-do list that is across the week just one big thing yeah and so it would help me like manage my anxiety because instead of worrying like I need it at some point this week do one or two things I can just say okay on Wednesday I'm going to do that and then when Wednesday would come around I would take those tasks and put them on my Google calendar and just be like okay so I need to For example, if I bring up what I did today, I need to like have a meeting with the lawyer or I need to prepare for a talk or I need to send a pitch deck. Rather than worrying about trying to do that all today, I was like, okay, on Wednesday, I'm doing the pitch deck. On this day, I'm doing the talk. And on Friday, I'm going to do the lawyer meeting and then let me put that into my Google Calendar. That has helped me so much and it has changed my life in so many ways. So that's one way I use Notion. The second way is for my content creation machine. And I have used this to such a strong degree that I have given it to other social media companies or media companies to help them with their social media content. And the way that it works is I have like a flow of how I come up with a content idea. And then when I script it, And then when I video it, when I edit it and when I publish it. And so you can imagine like up the top going across the page, it will be like idea and then videoed and then edited and then posted. And then going down all of that on like a Trello board or like a a downwards board. If I come up with an idea of, oh, we should really talk about like this issue or we should talk about that issue rather than having them all in my head, I would drop them into the ideas column Mm -hmm. and then on the ideas column you can click on it and it will open up and I've set it up in a way where it then has the sort of system that I need to use to go from idea to content so it's like what's the hook what's the thing that you're going to say that's going to make people interested in this video Simran that is like actually mind-blowing just hearing you talk about how organized everything is and folders and you already know like where to put everything so you're like okay I've got an idea I'm putting it here and you can see the path oh my gosh I am do they is it on your mobile as well yes so I only do it on my mobile for ideas if I come Mm -hmm. up with an idea usually I'm out and about ideas for me don't come when I'm sitting down in front of my desk and I'm going let's come up with something (laughs) Um, ideas ideas please (laughs) now Ideas come when I'm like walking down the street and I hear someone talk about like, oh my God, yeah, I bought a home and it was like such a regret. And I'm like, oh, that could be a content piece, like five regrets of first home buyers. And so I'll quickly open up my Notion app and just put that as a 
template or put it as an idea. When I do that, let me just run through how it looks. Then there'll be the hooks. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have like a list of five different hooks that I can use because no one's going to watch a video if it's like, hello and welcome to Girls That Invest, like da da da. Like that's a podcast. People have attention spans for that. Mm-hmm. But the hook has to be like three things I was doing differently if I was buying a home again or I bought a home at 24, but if I was to do it again, like, and that's already too long. Like you can see mm-hmm. what I mean. Yes. Then I would have the, it's called a hives framework. So it's the hook, the intro, the value, and then the end screen. And so the hook is done. Then the intro is you have to share why someone should listen to what you're about to say. So it's like, hi, I'm Sim, your favorite investor. I bought a home last year. Here's the three things I do differently. Then you go straight into the value and the value is you tell people exactly what you've learned or like what peaceful, valuable information they need. And I'll type that in. And then the end sales pitch is like, what are people going to do with this? Like, like and follow for more. Or if you want to learn more, like download our latest newsletter that talks about it like just something for them to go do an action point an action point a call to action and so i'd put all these in then i would spend time scripting them so once i've filled that out it's been scripted then i would put them into the filmed corner when i sit down and like film the videos because i want to do them on the same day where i've like you know done my hair and makeup a little bit or i'm like in a nice setting or the lighting's good (laughs) and then once they're published i can like move them across and so i'm dragging these ideas across the screen as part of the production line that just sounds so satisfying oh it's fun i mean it's not so fun doing it (laughs) it's a lot of work but it's fun in that sense and that has just been i call it my tiktok calendar because these are for our reels and tiktoks and if anyone is interested just let me know send us a dm or share the episode we will send you the link i mean i just honestly just share them It's such a great tool. Notion can seem really overwhelming or confusing. So if you're interested in it, watch a Notion YouTube video Mm -hmm. and then find or type in Notion business templates because you can copy other people's templates rather than starting from scratch. Yeah. So the one I had, like kind of like a copy from someone else's that I then edited to fix and fit for myself. To fit you. Yeah. So if you're like a photographer, you could have this exact same setup, but rather than being like idea to script, it could be like a lead, like someone's emailed us. And then have we booked in a time for them? No. When we do, we like move them across or like, have I sent them the the pictures? Have they given feedback? And you can like move people rather than idea videos across the screen and just kind of always know where your customers are at or your leads are at for your business. Mm. So you use Notion as your content calendar and then you also use it as an admin tool? Yes. Okay. Is this business and life admin stuff just like all admin you need to do? I use it for business and life admin. Honestly, my my journal is on this thing. Like it is so good. (laughs) I am downloading it right now. And it's free. Oh, guys, this Sim, thank you. What is next on your list? So this is when the free stuff ends. And this is the next two tools that I, apps that I have used that have absolutely helped my business. This is called monday.com. 
And have you heard of Monday.com? Yes, I used to use it in my previous job, but I only used it for work. So I've had to Google what Monday.com is to describe it because I'm not sure how to describe it in any other way. And honestly, this name, this doesn't help, but it's called a work OS. It's an open platform where anyone can create tools they need to run every aspect of their work. That actually does not help. That wasn't useful. No. It's basically an online website that is meant to help you organize your organization so if you are thinking lists if you are thinking Mm. product launches if you're thinking surveys or just like organizing a, a content schedule or a calendar it is a really good place to do it you know how some people use excel to organize things or like organize an event or like who's coming where are they seated all of that monday.com is like a better way rather than using Excel to Mm. organize things. But it's not in the same way where Excel is really good for like maths and numbers. It's not that. It's the organization. And so I have found it to be extremely useful, for example, when we have put together our podcast schedules. So we have three episodes that come out each week. We have three different talent that do our episodes. We've got myself, we've got Sonia, we've got Maya. We've then got an editor that edits it and we've got someone that kind of does the operations of the podcast and she is able to look and go, okay, what's the episode? When is it coming out? When are we recording it? Has it been recorded? Has it been sent to the editor? Have they uploaded it? Has there been any, sometimes some technical issues like the other week we recorded an episode and 12 minutes into one of the episodes, someone's like microphone wasn't working. Maya's it's okay. microphone. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It happens. The other week we recorded an entire Money Confessions episode and then Sonia was like, hey, my mic wasn't plugged in. And I was like, that's fine. We'll record it again next week. The risks of the job. Yeah. People think this is fun and easy. <laughs> We're just like in tears half the time. You've got to remember to turn your mic on, guys. Podcast 101. If you can do that, you can get a job here. <laughs> Yeah, And so it's basically then that board can be like shared with external people. So if we ever start doing like uh, video content, we can then tag each episode and say that this has been recorded. Then the editor can like basically drag and drop and say, I have received the video. And then when they have filmed it, they can share like it's been filmed and then we when it's uploaded, we can then drag and drop and say it's been uploaded. So it's basically a place where everyone can see what's happening when there's a lot of moving parts in a company. And that's just mm. like one way that we use it. It's probably the most common way we use it. Another way is keeping track of invoices or speaking engagements. So if you are in the world of, I guess what we do, if you're a media company, or even if you are a content creator in general, you will know that when you do something and you get paid for it, you do not get paid straight away. You will send an invoice and most of the time, three months later, you'll go, hey, did that ever get paid? Did they ever get back to us? And companies are just so busy that they often forget. And we started forgetting to follow up and we left money on the table. There was one invoice that was in the six-figure range that took us half a year to get paid. Damn. I had to be like, we have stuff that need to be paid. 
We've Can got you bills please to pay? Like we've done our deal. We've Can got you food to, to buy, man. There is like a cost of living crisis. Oh my gosh! And so, if I look right now on our invoices, we have like seven invoices that still are need to be paid. There's one that's overdue for like forty thousand dollars. Like there are things that take time, and in our company, there's so many moving parts that you these things get forgotten about. So Monday.com is in very simple terms, just an organization tool to be like, rather than asking and being annoying and being like, hey, so-and-so, did that invoice ever get sent? Or like, let's Google it. Or like, sorry, let's search it up in our emails. Anyone that ever wants to know can just see what's happening. And the person that's responsible for following up on the invoices or the person responsible for getting book orders sent, like just puts their data there so that they don't have to get bothered about it. Mm. And it's color-coded too. Absolutely. Monday.com, though, is not cheap. We pay, I want to say, around $90 a month for it. So it's not Mm. too bad. But for someone that is getting started, the equivalent of this would be just using Microsoft Excel or using like Google Sheets and just having everything organized there. I have companies of similar sizes to us that some of my friends run, and they just do it all on Excel. And that's just one way of doing it. It's just how you prefer. Yeah, I think there is a free version with my, when I used it with my previous mahi, my previous work, it was free, but it was pretty much, I used it for project management, event management, and kind of admin stuff. So it was just me looking at it. So I'm not too sure if I needed to share it with other people, then that's when the kind of like cost would have kicked in. Yeah, so the basic one is like if you have a team size of three people, it's like $10 a month or like $30 a month Mm -hmm. all the way up to $60 a month. But this is USD, so we're paying like 90 NZD. Mm -hmm. So that has been quite helpful. And then the last and most recent app that has been so helpful in running Girls That Invest has been one that I've only come across in the last couple of months, and it is Chat GPT. Ayo! <laughs> AI has entered Girls That Invest. <laughs> and it has been so helpful. Initially, I was like, no, I don't need it. I have my brain as the content producer. Like, I don't need AI to help me come up with I'm the money maker. They don't know how to do it like I do. Like, they will never replace the, like, eight years of AI that I have had to put into yes. the trial and errors of this brain in terms of coming out with content. You're going to tell me a, a machine can do this? No, no, never. But I have found ChatGPT to be really helpful in areas that I struggle with in my business. And one of them is writing emails. I am mm. not good at writing fluffy emails. I've felt and have had conversations and have had moments where my emails have been quite short and they've come across snappy and they've resulted in tension. And so now if I want to say, if Maya is like, hey, can we do this and this rather than that? Normally I would go, yep, sounds good, full stop, cheers, because I'm fine with it. Mm. I can see how that comes across to someone else though. And so now on ChatGPT, I'll be like, can you make this a more polite and longer email and I'll just type in what I want to say. Or especially if I want to decline something back in the day, I would just be like, sorry, I'm unavailable. (laughs) 
can't do it peace <laughs> yeah I just what do you want me to say like I can't, I'm so sorry but I know that's rude and so it will be like a chat GPT like thank you so much for considering me I really appreciate this like I don't have the fluff the fluff in me I don't have the mental capacity because I'm not like that when I talk so I feel like I'm being disingenuous I feel that but people deserve a little bit more than sorry I'm unavailable yeah it's I think especially when you're communicating just in general not in person especially through messaging and people don't know you and especially brand deals and things like that and with work it can definitely come across as snappy and especially if an employee is asking for something and they had to pluck up a lot of courage to do that they were nervous about it and all they received was yes yes have a good day oh, not even <laughs> that <laughs> cheers <laughs> imagine yeah <laughs> imagine so that has been really helpful so i use it for emails mm. i have not used it yet for coming up with content ideas because this brain still works <laughs> girl you do not need chat gpt for content ideas you're sweet thank you but i use it to help with my copywriting so copywriting in general terms is basically the art of how you write and how your like written communication affects people. So for example, a newsletter, a newsletter isn't just you typing away, it's copywriting. And there's like an absolute art to how can you convey what you're trying to say? There's an art to like, you know, even like if you're buying a Dyson Airwrap, the description on it, that is someone's professional job mm. to work out what kind of words and language can you use to not be persuasive, but to almost, yeah, like market it and set the emotion and create an experience for someone to want to purchase said product or in our case, want to join our course or listen to the podcast episode. So we have started to help use it in that. One of the ways that one of our team members at Girls That Invest has recently started doing is she's in charge of writing like at the end of the podcast episode when we post the podcast onto like Spotify or Apple Podcasts there's a little description of what the episode is about and that can actually be a bit time consuming she hasn't listened to the episode so she can't listen for 20 minutes and then write out like five sentences so she'll take the transcript because we have like bullet points of what we want to say. Mm-hmm. She'll take the entire transcript, chuck it into ChatGPT and say, can you write three sentences to summarize the main talking points of this episode? Genius. That's a productivity hack. That is a productivity hack. Yeah. <laughs> and saying that, we've also used ChatGPT for like coming up with, so in our weekly newsletter, we have like a productivity hack and a self-care hack. And after a while, sometimes you run out of ideas or you're like mentally exhausted. And so I don't view chat GPT as like cheating when it comes to content. I view it as I'm really good at creating certain kinds of content and I need my entire willpower and like brain power for these five tasks. And so for things like coming up with an episode description, Uh, or coming up with an episode title, I'm going to lean on some help to get there. Mm. It is just a form of Google. It really is. And I initially was not paying for it. So we were using the free version, the 3.5 version. I wasn't aware you had to, you could pay for it. So you can get the free version, which I think for the everyday business owner that's starting out, the free version is fine. I used Mm -hmm. it nonstop. I use that. 
And then I paid for ChatGPT4 and it's good. It's like $20 a month extra, but I don't think it is a make or break. And if you have to choose between paying for it and not paying for it, you're going to be fine. Unless the only reason why I bought it is because there would be times when the free version was overloaded by so many people using it. Yeah, it does do that. And that's when I was like, I need to send this email. I I need to be prioritized. (laughs) I need to be able to access this at any point in time. And so that's been quite helpful. What does the paid version, what extras do you get? So you get ChatGPT4, which is their more powerful AI. So basically it does the exact same thing. You have the exact same screen. Your normal default one, for example, its conciseness is a two out of five. So it doesn't really give you concise answers, Mm. but the chat GPT-4, its conciseness is a four out of five. So it's a lot better and its reasoning is a lot better. And more detailed and targeted. Yeah. And just sometimes more factually correct. Like if I typed in who are girls that invest on ChatGPT3? It was like, Girls That Invest is run by Simran and Molly. And I was like, damn, Sonia would not be impressed right now if she saw that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sonia. <laughs> so, like, her name is not even remotely close to Molly. No, that was a, a wake-up call. And if I do it under ChatGPT4, I'd, I'd like to hope that it answers it properly. You can get a prompt storm on chat gpt it's a add-on that you can put into it and so it helps you generate your question to be more targeted so you can do art business coding education and so i'm under education and then history and then select a prompt history of and then you write it and so that is really good my friend sent me a video on adding that so that's into my chat gpt because there have definitely been times where i'm like i have a question but i don't know how to put it into chat gpt so i would recommend prompt storm it's an extension oh i love that that is so helpful thank you you're welcome so i guess to summarize this episode there are a few apps that and websites that i have found very helpful and you might be thinking and going oh none of these are like actually life-changing like you've got canva you've got one that tells you to stand up after every 20 minutes you've got one that helps you manage your workflow another one that helps you manage your content flow and one that helps you write nicer emails like where's the secret source Simran and I want to explain and make it very clear that there is no secret app or formula that makes a difference between a company that isn't doing well and a company that is it's not like this one there's no like one silver bullet it's a accumulation of lots of little things that eventually lead to things working out over time and so for me it was finding the apps that helped support my weaknesses Mm. i absolutely hate emails and i would rather do an email in 10 seconds than one that would take me 10 minutes to write or i absolutely struggle with coming up with ideas for podcasts or coming up with ideas for you know reels if I need to sit down and do it so I needed a system where I could be running around and an idea would come to me and I could just drop it and it would be there ready for me waiting for when I do sit down or 
there's so many moving parts. If one co-host is busy, then another one needs to be like moved around. And like, that's really difficult to just do on a Google calendar. And so after a while, you just kind of think, what is the stuff that I'm not good at? And therefore, what are the apps or the tools to let me do that less so that I can focus on what I'm actually good at? Mm. I would say there is a little bit of an insight into the secret sauce if you would say that because I think improving your productivity especially on your weaknesses is so important especially Mm. from people's day-to-day and then I can imagine even more so in business when you just have so many other things so it's just like let me just find something that will help me to do that so you can get on with doing what you enjoy and what is more impactful in your mm. business. Exactly. And I think we really overcomplicate things sometimes and we expect that there's meant to be like some huge intricacies or some like really wild out there stuff that like no one's heard of. But I truly believe it's the small little building blocks that like add up over time that lead to greatness, which is a, such a cheesy way of like explaining it. But it's let me sort out this one little problem. Let me sort out this other little problem. And eventually you've created a system that has sorted out all your problems and now you can just focus on doing the stuff you're good at. Mm, I love that. Thanks, Sim. Well, that's probably a good place to wrap up the episode. Now, again, the productivity apps that I have found helpful, the free ones from easiest or free to, to most expensive have been Canva, then Flow, then Notion. And then the paid ones have been Monday.com and ChatGPT. I pay for Canva, Monday.com and ChatGPT, but I've used all of them for free in the past and it's only been in the last year when I've actually felt the need to to update my subscription so this has been really fun if you've enjoyed this episode please let us know take a screenshot put on your story tag girls that invest on Instagram we absolutely love to hear all the feedback it's been fantastic and I'll see you next week Maya see you later kakite bye bye And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.